I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2. This week, I'm joined by none other than presenter, podcaster, and all-around powerhouse. It's Anna Richardson, everybody. Hi. Vicky, can I just say, we have really put off your producer... We put off Felipe, our engineer. They've all just gone. They're like, this is really shit. We're going to go listen to something else. Sorry. They've probably all fucked off and are listening to private parts. Everybody else is. <laughs> exactly. I know, right? <laughs> no, but I, I I think we do have to take a little bit of ownership on that, Anna. For everybody who, yeah, nobody else heard this before, but we were just having a good rant about Easter before yeah. you all got on. Anna's feeling a little bit guilty because she had too many eggs, but I've just said, fuck it. I feel like that's exactly what you're meant to do at Easter. Do you do the, um? because obviously you're from a religious family, do you do the, like, no body of Christ on Good Friday and stuff as well? Hold on a minute. What's the no body of Christ on Good Friday all about? Are so, you religious? So, are, are you from a religious background? Not really, no. Like, um, weirdly, I feel like I've been talking about loads at the minute because I've just done the pilgrimage for the BBC. Did you? I mean, honestly, it is. That's It's such a nice show. Um, but I was like, oh God, such a rogue booking. I thought I'm agnostic. If anything, I've got no idea. Like if I've got any religious beliefs at all, like if I'm even interested, um, but no, it's ended, it ended up being quite lovely. But in terms of my religious upbringing, I didn't really have much. I'd class myself as like C of E, if anything, but definitely not practicing. But I always grew up being told at Easter that you weren't allowed to eat meat on Good Friday because it was the body of Christ. So I had to go fish and chips. Really? I had to get fish and chips, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, you, you, you've got to go to the chippy. Yeah. That's, there's, there's a lot of stuff around Fridays and fish, which <laughs> I can't quite remember what that was all about. You see, I was brought up in a super religious household, and I think I must have blocked the whole thing because I still have to ask my parents at Easter, what happened again? Was, was this the day that has Jesus risen? What happened to his body? I mean, when that whole boulder was was moved away from the cave, where was he? Who moved it? Is it real? I mean... Honestly, I'm like a six-year-old. I'm all for it, though. Like, I absolutely love it. My mates go mad at me because I don't. I think they're, like, a bit more... I think our generation tends to be quite atheist. They have other things that they sort of believe in more, whether that's, They've got like, Instagram. Yeah, They've got you know, they're believing in Instagram and football teams and that the fellas are going to stop being arseholes. Whatever it is, we've all got to keep that hope alive. But have you got anybody that's risen again? That's what I want to know, exactly. Missy. Have you got someone that rose again? Exactly. Well, do you know what, mate? I feel like it's each to their own, isn't it? Whatever, of course it is. Whatever brings anybody a little bit of comfort and a little bit of solace. I'm 100% behind that. 
did you have oh. right apart from eating too many easter eggs did you have a lovely time I did I did but but as we were sort of touching on b- before we we came on it's really weird when you get a little bit older and this will happen to you and everybody listening that when you get a little so bit foreboding older, <laughs> I know well yeah but it's it's a strange thing that your parents start to malfunction and we're totally. never ready for it because we're, we're all it doesn't matter how old you are you're still a kid yeah so it's it's really confusing when you see because my dad's got vascular dementia now and I'm sorry you know man. it's difficult it's difficult so you go home, you're excited because you've got your eggs and you're still with your mum and dad. But then you're a bit like, oh, you know, I've got to help my dad to the toilet or I've got to help him eat. Or yeah. So it's it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet, as you've said. And it's really hard because when you do get back to being around your parents and your family, you absolutely revert to yeah. being a child in so many ways. Like as almost not swearing as much, asking yeah. for permission for things that, you know, as an adult, you shouldn't really. It, it, in that sense, you you do it takes you back, but then you you get reminded that time has moved on and things you, are you, different. You get reminded that that, that life is finite and it's oh. it's very difficult. But going back oh, to the crap. whole, you know, reverting back to being a kid, you get put into a role, don't you? Hmm. When you when you're a when you're an adult child, have you got siblings? Yeah, one younger sister, Laura. All right. Okay. So what is the role that you play in your family? Are you the difficult one? Are you oh, the naughty God. one? Are you the are you the brilliant one? What's oh. your role that you get given? It's definitely um changed over the years. I think yeah, for a long time I like steadfastly held the crown as the difficult one. Just yeah. like a complete arsehole. Um and then like I sort of I describe myself, I think I've got like fun anti sort of status like very affable like whenever anybody's got a problem like I'm there I'll be a, like sympathetic yeah shoulder to cry on essentially quite useless Anna don't get me wrong like I live miles away I can't drive but if you want to whinge I'm there is that is that a is can, that a role can I just can I just say that that is pretty fucking useless yeah I'm so fucking useless so so let me get this straight I'm really good fun, but I can't Stop. drive and I'm drive. miles away. Yeah. Enjoy that, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, so crap. But then, you know, I do feel, though, whenever anything goes wrong and somebody just wants to whinge about the husband or, like, vent, then I do get the phone calls. I have a purpose. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not exactly good in an emergency, but I'm, I definitely... Yeah, I can I'm do something. I'm completely redundant in the family unit. Listen, I, I, I'm the same, basically. So I've not got kids... So yeah. I'm like, sorry, parents, I haven't produced oh, grandchildren. So you carry the no breeding shame. Oh, I've, got, I've got the no breeding shame. And also, probably like you, I was the naughty one and yeah. the one that was sort of like difficult. And I'm the only girl, you see, as well. So it's like, oh, the difficult middle one with no mm. kids. What do we do with her? Oh, so, God. yeah, I'm probably the but, same as But I'm a but, good listener. Oh, you say, you say lovely. But you, you book all the trends I did as well, like sort of my sister's so my sister's so reliable and 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 just strong and uh, yeah and just a good daughter you know in every sense yeah she's class and I just sort of like bumble along (laughs) 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 making a fucking mess of everything but being a really good listener (laughs) give me a high five give me a high five (laughs) yeah thank you very much that that's you and me both absolutely Oh, we've all we've all got a purpose within the family unit or whatever it is, you know. And it was it's an odd one. And I mean, again, people listening, I think, will be able to identify with this that 
no matter how old you get, when you're with your mum and dad, you yeah. get put back into yeah. that role of being. So apparently with, with within the family unit, you 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 will have a particular role in order to stay safe. So it can be the nurturing one. I right? could do a bit of that. Right. So if you're the nurturing child, then basically you have to you're safe within the family unit because you're useful, right? Okay. You are the brilliant one. Oh, if you're brilliant, then again you're safe within the family unit because your parents love you. You're the brilliant one. You could be the sick one, the ill one. So, of course, you're also safe within the unit because, oh, they're, they're ill all the time. They've got to be looked after. And then there's also the difficult one, the one that's going, well, how much do you love me? How much do you need me? Fuck that. So, they sound really annoying, mate. It's, I know. The difficult ones are quite annoying, but oops. Um, but it's <laughs> if, if you think about the role that you take within the family, you can basically ascribe one of those roles to any of your siblings. So how and, many siblings have you got? Well, I've got two brothers, one older, one younger. And it's okay. quite, and also that those roles, you can have more than one role, by the way. Okay. I, I was very, very firmly put into, she's the difficult one. Yeah. But also, I guess maybe that I'm also possibly... Brilliant? The, 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 the one that's the, 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 the brilliant one in, in inverted yeah. commas, because I left to move to London... I work in television. It's very different from what my brothers Ambitious, do. accomplished. Yeah, don't play it. Don't, don't play it. You're definitely the brilliant one. Well, it depends how that's viewed with, with, yeah. within the family because then, of course, you could say my older brother is the brilliant one because he's the one that's got the children. He's a very accomplished yeah. teacher. So it's, it's interesting how we have these different roles and how you play up to them. Speaking oh, hello. Of, Who's this? Speaking of children, this is my son, Milo. Hello, Milo. Oh, my God, he is absolutely gorgeous, isn't he? Hi, Milo. He's looking to get up here with Mummy because I've been away, like I said, so he's, it's, not, it's not enough, Anna, that he's just in the same room as it's me. It's not enough that he's just licked your face. He actually no. needs to be on you no, as he's well. Got, he's one Like men. Yeah. Honestly, he's such a typical boy. He wants to be wrapped around us like a scarf. Don't you, sir? Don't you? Um, I'm so sorry, <laughs> Me, you want me slipper? Go and then have us. Go and then, son. Do you want that one? Where's your brother? There you go. Oh, they've both got one each now. We can actually go back to the podcast. Oh, I love them. <laughs> oh, so Anna, right? When I got your, because obviously me, me producer does me like a lovely, great big cheat sheet of oh, all yeah. things Anna Richardson before I oh, had you on. And I was actually very impressed. Not that I didn't think you're an impressive okay. person anyway, but also like you're just a lot, you have fingers in a lot of pies, so to speak. Um, you're not only a TV presenter, you're also a journalist and a qualified hypnotherapist. Yes, I am a, a qualified cognitive hypnotherapist. What, so, what, what is that exactly? So uh, effectively, um, cognitive hypnotherapy Obviously, we use hypnotherapy um, as, as a therapy to talk to your subconscious mind in order to change unhelpful thought patterns. Yeah. But the cognitive bit as well borrows from cognitive behavioral therapy and various other um, disciplines to give us a, a sort of all round toolkit in terms of therapy. So, so we are a very specific um, group of people called cognitive hypnotherapists. And what does that exactly help with? Why, if, if I was to come and see you, what would I come and see you for? Well, you, you go to see a hypnotherapist for, for a whole range of, of, of issues. So it could be phobias, it could be anxiety, it could be depression, it could be overeating, it could be, you know, um, 
bereavement, any any kind of, of issue that, that that you're struggling with, but it's particularly helpful for anxiety, sleep disorders, wow. eating disorders, giving up smoking. I mean, everybody's heard of going to a hypnotherapist yeah. to give up smoking. So it's any sort of unhelpful behavior that uh, or thought pattern that a person wants to change. That's that's what is very, very effective with hypnotherapy. And what's brilliant about it is it's very rapid therapy. Yes. So with psychotherapy, which is also amazing, and I recommend that anybody sees a, a psychotherapist, we should all be talking to somebody about our issues. 110% agree. <laughs> 100%. But psychotherapy can be quite um, long-term in a way, that, that uh-huh. you're talking, you're talking about your issues a lot. With hypnotherapy, it's very short, focused therapy that aims to change a, a behaviour or a negative thought pattern very, very quickly because you're dealing with the subconscious mind. And is that how it works so fast? Because rather than like working through everything in like you would in a see it sort of more bog standard therapy, you're actually attacking the root, the subconscious yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly that, exactly that. So, I mean, I don't want to take away from, from psychotherapy because I have... Um, it definitely sounds like you're shitting all over it. <laughs> I'm kind of concerned about a psychotherapist <laughs> out there, kind of like going, what? But I have a huge respect for psychotherapy. Yeah. I have a psychotherapist. I've, I've been in psychotherapy on and off for a long time. What's interesting about hypnotherapy is exactly that. It gets to the root very quickly and it changes your subconscious thought patterns. So I, I love it. And as somebody that's experienced it and had huge success with it, that's why I chose to train in it. Yeah. Because I, I saw a difference very, very quickly. Is that because I've often thought and like, I hold, hold my hands up like I've quite a skeptical thought process I think when thinking about hypnotherapy but that's obviously just because I've been exposed to the like you know go to Butlins magician that sort of shite but like hearing you talk about it 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 certainly piqued me interest because I am quite an anxious person um, and it doesn't feel like any sort of like you know of the normal tech it feels like it's getting worse as me is oh me, really I think. yeah mate honestly and I try everything and I uh, you know I try holding off from caffeine I try the going to the gym I try the, the journaling like I've tried it I've got a therapist I try it all a life coach you name it I try and do it nature well, but I just so, was wondering so, so, well my first question to you would be when when do you notice it getting worse so it I feel like it's loosely related in some sense in some way to me cycle like me hormones okay so as me period is like getting closer and ramping up those like dark intrusive thoughts which like lead to just complete um pits of anxiety like they really ramp up you know yeah Um, and it stops being just a little bit like uh what if x y and z happens today and it's like this is going to happen because you're this you know i see so, I mean, again, I'd be saying, how does it manifest itself? So you're saying that my thoughts become more extreme? Yeah. Yeah, I get more extreme thought processes. Like, I actually just worry myself to the point where I can't think little simple things, you know, like getting outside, taking the dogs for a walk. Like, that's on a normal day, absolutely fine for me. But when my anxiety is kicking my mm. ass, like the thought of getting outside and having to, like, bump into somebody or something, Oh God, honestly, it takes over. It's impossible. And what makes it better? When does it go? Um, what makes it better? Urkan helps. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Like, my partner, being around him, He's a very, um, he's like the anti-me, if that makes sense. So if I was like an anxious, overthinking little wound spring, he'd be like the polar opposite of that. Just a great big. Okay. So, so, I mean, just super quick, Vicky, what two things that I'd be saying to you straight off is, you know, that it's linked to your cycle. Okay. Yes. In which case, in which case I would certainly be looking at um, maybe talking to a hormone specialist about how you could manage. Yeah, I totally need. I know I need to do that. That is that is good advice. I because do know I need to do you that. You know that if you if you struggle with PMT, which you do, you've got anxiety related PMT. I'm yeah. telling you, it's going to get worse when you hit the menopause or if you have a baby. Pretty much. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> it will. It, it, you know, you need to really watch out for that. But also that the, the the fact that I'd be interested in. When you, you know that your cycle is coming, you know that it makes you feel anxious, you know there are certain triggers for that. So going outside, meeting people, you feel unsafe. You feel unsafe around, you know, who am I? Uh, I don't want to bump into people who might know me. And the, and you come back to safety with Urkan. Yeah. Okay. So we're definitely yeah. working on what it is that makes you feel unsafe about being outside and being you at times when your cycle is disruptive so there's there's a lot that there's a lot that you could do to ease that anxiety lows and also i'm a big fan of mindfulness meditation so again if you know that you your cycle is is starting to peak before your period and you start to feel you know the anxiety and that sort of emotion i would absolutely be saying to you do some regular meditation just to get on top of those peaks and troughs of anxiety you say again with I feel like I'm going back to the same thing. Like I'm skeptical. It's not that I'm skeptical about meditation. Like I know it's so good. Oh, it just, works. It's been I proven. really, really struggle with it. So not skeptical. Actually, just crap at it. Well, when you say crap at it, what do you mean? Well, that's also you know when I'm calm, like yeah. when I try to be quiet and I try to be calm and try. That's when all of the bad stuff comes into my head. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, here's 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 a tip for you and and for people listening as well that that with mindfulness meditation the mistake that people make is going I need to sit here and I need to be calm and I need to empty yeah. my mind. That's you what I thought never, it was. It's never empty. So so the trick is is that actually you focus on the thoughts that come into your mind and you let them go. So you go, okay, I'm feeling really shit. Oh, hang on a minute, I need to do the washing. Oh no, I've got to take the dog because I haven't done that. And you acknowledge the thought and you just let it move on. You push it away. 
So oh, there's so much we could talk about with, with this and with therapy. So oh, much. I, I do hear that a lot, actually. <laughs> Whenever I start talking about my anxious little brain. But no, there's some really good advice bits there, Anna, and I'll definitely be looking into the hypnotherapy. I can't believe I was ever so closed-minded about it. I suppose maybe I've just not spoke to the right person. It's it's absolutely fantastic. I'll tell you why I think it, it's it's so amazing, my experience, because I was a bit like you. I was like, hang on a minute, hypnotherapy, what the hell is this all? This is, this is a load of bollocks. Hypnosis, it's all stage hypnosis, you know, it's all you know, bullshit. It's, it's like... Walk like a exactly, <laughs> quite like a chicken. <laughs> totally, totally. It's all entertainment, and, it, and it's yeah. and it's bullshit. A few years ago, I was doing a show for Channel Four called Super Size Super Skinny. Oh mate, it was fucking iconic. And I, I know. know people are probably going to say it's problematic or whatever now, but I grew up watching that show, and it was absolutely fucking Super Size Super Skinny so was good. was brilliant. And at the time, my job was that I had to try out a different diet every week to see what would work and if I could lose weight. Okay. So one particular week, I got sent to go and see um, Marissa Peer, who's a really well-known hypnotherapist. And she's massive now. But at the time, she was like a sort of, you know, a bit of a celebrity hypnotherapist, fairly big, but not as big as she is now. And off I went to go and see her with the film crew because she said, I'm telling you, I will help you lose weight. Right. And I'm like, bullshit. And I remember standing <laughs> outside her house with the crew going, this is going to be fucking hilarious. Hypnosis to lose weight. Forget yeah. it. Went in there uh, with, the, with the crew, uh, got put under by Marissa. I had the weirdest experience, right, where she took me back to when I was four years old. Where, okay. yeah, sort of a potentially issue started. Exactly. Yes, so un- under, under hypnosis, she said... Go back to the very first moment yeah. where you remember having a problem with food, where, where food was an issue for you. And it was so fucking weird, Vicky, because I've met this memory. Came you, out ne- you don't remember it at all. No. Yeah. So, but under hypnosis, I went straight back like a film, all the way back to being four. No. And my mum had been taken into hospital to have my little brother, who I blame for everything in, in life because he was born. So he'd gone into hospital uh, she'd gone into hospital to have my little brother, but she'd been gone for weeks because she was very, very unwell with him. Oh. So as a four-year-old, I woke up in the morning and went, where's my mum? Yeah. My mum's my gone. And I was left with my dad. And all, all we were told was, mum's in hospital. She's not well. So as a four-year-old, you're terrified because you think, oh. is my mum going to die? So the only way that my dad could comfort me and my older brother was to feed us. Yeah. So he would give us lots of food Tip, and treats. Typical and daddy. <laughs> he had no fucking idea. No. We literally had chips, right? Yeah. We were being given sort of chips and jelly every day. So my mum says that when I used to go in and see her in hospital, I was just getting fatter and fatter and fatter. But I was so anxious and scared. Yeah. I wouldn't speak to her, uh-huh. right? So that was where my issue with food began. Yeah was as a frightened four-year-old who would eat to try and comfort herself because her mummy had gone. Oh, mate, that makes us want to cry a little bit. I know. It was, and so that's the power of hypnosis. Yeah. So anyway, when I came out of that session, I was like, fucking hell, such the crew. God, that was nuts. Yeah. Two and a half months later, I'd lost two and a half stone. No. One <gasps> second of hypnosis, yeah. Right, so it's so mad that you said that because obviously I was saying, oh rather disparagingly I'm not sure I haven't heard of it working before I went in the jungle I went to see the Speakmans oh who, yeah who like I absolutely rave about I can't yeah. speak more highly about what they do and it's it's not that but they have so an element of what they do is like phobia fighting yes um 
And my agents, they sort of like low-key tricked me into going, telling us, oh, they're going to fight your phobias before you go in the jungle. But actually, like, I did just need therapy in general, you know, um, and probably wasn't willing to accept it myself just just then. Um, so anyway, so we were talking. The first thing we did do was they were talking to us about what I was afraid of. And I was like, mm. I think I'm afraid of spiders. Mm. And, the, and they were like, so said exact, exactly sort of same thing. They were like, well, when did it start? And I was like, I don't know. I've always been afraid of spiders. Okay. And they were like, well, think about it properly. And they did something very similar. It's not hypnotism. It's sort of like, it, it might have a, a, a like a practice, like something in common with our practice, but basically got me to think back, like move back. And it went back. And I'd never had this thought process, Anna, at all. Never realized, like, made the connection at all. But when I was a young, when I was young, when I was little, my dad and all of his mates and like my uncles used to get pissed and would have family <laughs> parties, right? Like bonfire night or Halloween, whatever. Everyone would come around ours and they'd catch daddy long legs yeah. in the garden and they'd chase me around the house with them to the yeah. point where I would okay. wet. Classic. I would wet myself, yeah. Typical, just men being men. And I and I didn't realise. And honestly, that and that was it. And I identified the problem. That, and that, I, that's absolutely I mean, what what yeah. the sportsmen have done there is, is is you're absolutely correct. Yeah. Is you, is, and it would have been a form of hypnosis. It must have been, babe. That's what I was thinking, yeah. Yeah. So people think that hypnosis that you're put into some kind of trance yeah. <laughs> and that you're not in control and suddenly become like a chicken and all the rest of it. Not at all. You are, it's basically just a deep state of relaxation. Yeah, that is it. It's just a deep state. It's almost like it's a trance. It's it's a daydreaming state. And and that is where you're then able to access all of the memories. Because don't forget, your your subconscious mind knows everything. And you can access all of those memories from when you were little. So the Speakman's, that approach is exactly correct, that you go back to the very first moment where you had a problem, where you remember having a problem with spiders. And it always goes back to childhood. That's yeah. where all of our anxieties begin. Yeah. They call them like little, little, they call them schemas, like yeah. reason, reasons for why you're sort of the way you are about certain yes. things. It's always been a moment. And it was mad, mate, because when they explained it to us, they were like, so it's not actually spiders you're scared of. They were like, it's daddy long legs. And actually, it's not them. The daddy long legs weren't bothering you at all. They were like, who scared you? Yeah. And I burst into tears, mate. And I was like, yeah. it was me dad. Yeah. So my dad scared us. And I sobbed. And they were like, why are you crying? And I'm going to cry again thinking about it. But I was like, so weird as thing. I was like, because I feel so guilty. I've been mad at spiders all this time. But it was me dad I was mad at. Yeah. And I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And just like that, I wasn't afraid of spiders anymore. Exactly. I, still, I still don't like the little cunts. Something about the way they, <laughs> something about the way they move. Yeah. But you know what? That that's to do with our um, reptilian brain. Yes, it is. Is, is. is that we we are all all of us are we're programmed. Our brains are programmed to be afraid of things that move erratically and quickly. Yeah, and the moving um, something to do. We can't work out how yeah, they go it's, it's, all it's, different it's, directions. It's exactly, it's erratic. <laughs> so that that's just our brain. Our reptilian brain is frightened of of, of things that move like that because yeah. it's just you know we need to protect ourselves to survive. It's interesting, isn't it? So look, I have actually loosely experienced hypnotherapy before and it's worked and I'm a big fucking fan. So well, how about that? But th- this is it. You, you've gone from going, I'm a bit sceptical about hypnotherapy, me. What the <laughs> fuck? It makes you cut like a chick. And now you're telling me that actually I had hypnotherapy with the Speakmans and it, they got rid of my spider phobia. It works. I'm telling you, it works. It does, 110%. Mate, I want to know how you went from hypnotherapy though into like TV, into the world of TV. How did you get your break? 
Oh no! So I I I went the other way around. Oh, okay. So so basically, how did I get my break on screen? Yeah. Uh, so did you work behind the scenes first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I you've done it all, haven't you? Fucking hell. I've, d- I've done a lot. I'm very proud, actually, to say that in television, I've done every side of the camera. So I think that's I've, a big, a big positive, like a, it almost like a, such a great, like string to your bow, so to speak. Like you well, understand it, it, it all. It should be. Um, I mean, it's <laughs> interesting because if we were in America, then the Americans would absolutely welcome that and go, wow, she's produced, yeah. she's exact. She's developed shows and she can present. Wow, you know. Well, why do we? Why do we not like it? I get a sense that we're going to see that the there, British. There's something. I think it might be changing a little bit now. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think maybe there's a little bit of a shift now that everybody, particularly with with the advent of social media and people multi-skilling, the fact that we're now able to create our own content online. Yeah. Everybody, if you like, is a producer and a presenter. But certainly, you know, ten years ago or so. Certainly within within our industry, it was my experience was it was slightly frowned upon that if you could be a producer and a presenter and you could develop shows, then that was confusing to a lot of people. I think maybe it was a bit threatening to other people's roles to go, oh, we can't yeah. do it all. Um, but I, maybe but it's I, a bit of an ego thing. It's, you know, like, possibly. I do you think I, I probably escaped most of like the big TV egos and stuff like that? It feels like TV is becoming more and more of a like safe space, like every profession is, you know. Um, but I imagine back in the day, there was some fucking huge egos behind oh. and in front of the camera, you know. Oh man, I've, I, I've got some amazing stories for you, which obviously I can't share on the podcast. But oh, yes, oh got it. Yes, I've, I've, I've experienced some um, in, incredible things. In <laughs> I'm very grateful to be part of this industry, but. Actually, yeah, no, I've I've done every side of the camera. So I was a producer for a long time. Um, I was a format creator for a long time, and then I, I'm now a presenter. So yeah, I understand. I understand the machinations of television very well. And what's your favourite? Like having done sort of both sides of the coin, like which which do you okay. prefer? All right. So here's the interesting thing: when you are a producer, you've got power but no status. But when you're a presenter, you've got status but no power. That, <laughs> so, that is, yeah, that is it's that, quite frustrating. And and you'll you'll understand this. You you know, as a big celebrity, as a big star, you'll get this. You've got real status, and you've got a degree. You've got a degree of power in that you can sort of you know call some of the shots. But ultimately, when you're making a show, you've got no power at all. You're not calling those shots at all. Uh, it's the execs and the producers that are making the decisions and the commissioning editors. So you end up sometimes as a presenter being something of a puppet, yeah. which can be very frustrating. If you're an intelligent woman, you are. Um, if you're very skilled in what you do, I am. Then it, it's very frustrating to yeah. have people sort of trying to pull the wool over your eyes sometimes with how programmes work especially if you if you know if you understand it yeah so it's a difficult thing I love both sides I love I love every role that I've done but for different reasons no I can say that and you know it's probably why people like your Angelina Jolie's and like whoever else the sort of they they become directors or execs yeah they want to experience the different side of it like you're right there's only so much control you can have over what you're creating when you're in front of it but if you go behind you're fucking proper puppet master extraordinaire aren't you exactly you are (laughs) pulling those fucking strings a hundred percent a hundred percent so yeah i mean you know i I think it has changed a bit i hope it's changing but now that we're all producing content 
we yeah. are more able to go, well, hang on a minute, I can I can also do that. And I, I have a say. I do think that to an extent our business, you know, it, it is possibly becoming a little bit more democratic, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'd like to think so. I'd like to think everything is. I mean, if we're not getting better and moving forward, everything, it's, it's a bit shite, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> it's all a bit shy unless you're moving forward. I, I agree. I agree. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 